Family Matters. We're starting a new series called Family Matters. It's a two-week series. I'm excited about it. I hope you get excited about it. We want good families for Jesus, right? We want to... Wow. Must be off the... Did we get, did we get tired on the way to church, or are we just tired? Wait, we, come on, come on, give God a hand. God is, God is good. We want you, Lord. God, we want you more than anything else. Help us to focus. Help us to be where you are, God. Like David said, we want to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We want to be where your presence is, God. So fill us today, Lord. Teach us what it means to have a good marriage and good single life and children if we have them or grandchildren. All those relationships, we want to do well, God. We want to hear at the end of the day, God, on that one day we stand before you, well done, good and faithful servant. So thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. We believe somebody's going to get delivered today. Someone's going to get set free. We just believe in that. We trust you in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Hey, you did a fantastic job on Easter and Good Friday. I just, from uh, our entire team, I just want to say thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for reaching out and inviting some folks. Since I've been here over the last um, 20 years uh, serving uh, you, um, I don't think we've ever seen the numbers of people that we had on that weekend. You ready for the number? Come back next week and I'll tell you. No. Okay, here we go. So Good Friday and three services on Sunday. This is all, this is all you. Of course, God does everything. But 1,550 people were here on Good Friday and Easter. So Good Friday, there was 250, and then with thir- roughly about 1,300 people. And then there were about 100 people online that were part of our MVCC um, fam that were with us. Now, the reason I mentioned that, it's not all about numbers, but we certainly want to take a gauge on how, how are we doing here. How can we reach one more person for Jesus? So, um, you know, in the book of Acts, in chapter 2, it says 3,000 people got baptized. So numbers are important to God because it represents people. So I just want to say, great job. Thank you. So excited about where we're going, where God is taking us. Um, Part of what we want to do here is to be a blessing to the community. We want to be, we want the city of Mission Viejo, and we're seeing some of that happen now where they're coming to us and asking us for some assistance and help. So um, on April 22nd, if you have uh, a few hours we're going to do something. We're going to get involved in a project here to bless the city, and it's planting a tree day in our city. There's certain places we're going to be planting trees. And if you'd like to help do that, you can find out more information at the connection point right outside uh, at the conclusion of service. And you can find all this uh, information online as well. So that's April 22nd, and we just want to make a huge difference um, in our community. Also, today I'm excited about. Um, we're calling this Family Field Days. We're doing something different, trying something a little different, where, um, of course, today is all based on family. So at the conclusion of the service, we have barbecue. We have all kinds of activities outside, taffy making. We have wacky, what's it called, wiffle ball. I love wiffle ball. Um, cornhole championships. But most of all, we just want you to feel real comfortable about just hanging out together and talking and spending a few moments and uh, really building some, some friendships and relationships. So I hope that you'll stay uh, for some food. Everything's free, just like salvation. Um, because of your giving, we're able to do stuff like this. So we just really want you to stay and join in. All right, marriages. Ready? Two. Two of you. Okay. I, I, I'm going to go with it because I need to build up my marriage. I'm not... Uh, an expert in this, I certainly don't have this wired, and I'm trying to be a good husband, trying to be a good dad, and sometimes it's just tough. 
Would you agree? So we need a little help. So we're going to look at what God says about marriages and families. I believe a good marriage leads to good families. So we're going to start with marriage today and lead into, um, bleed into a little bit on what it means to, to... I shouldn't have used that word bleed in the parenting. But um, sometimes, you know, parenting is just... You know, whatever. Um, Okay, let's get into it. So here's what the Bible says about what a good marriage is. Number one is this. Marriage, number one, is designed by God. Amen? Amen. One woman, one man, designed by God. That comes from Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 to 28. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, right? Boy, I was hoping for a bigger amen on that. God does... God is so good how he created us. God blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and all over every living creature that moves on the ground. All right, number two is this. God definitely designed marriage that it is sacred. It's set apart, special. It's a special relationship because it really is um, pronounced in How God loves us, the church, the people of God. Of course, he loves the world, but there's a special relationship between God and the church. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. So it's a very sacred, honoring relationship that God designed it to be. Number three is it's a lifelong commitment. It's a lifelong commitment. All right. right. (laughs) Don, how long have you how long were you married? 63 years. Wow. Man, I, I, I want to be in that same place one day. So enjoy life with your wife. All the men should be saying amen here. Come on. Whom you love. All the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun. All your meaningless days. For this is your lot in life and in your toilsome labor under the sun. Enjoy life with your wife. It's a good thing. It should be lifelong. Now, in all of that, I understand situations happen. It doesn't always end in a nice Brady Bunch kind of atmosphere. Everybody's happy, and we live life together forever. I realize sometimes there's divorce. I realize that sometimes there's... But here's what I want to encourage us today. If you are here today and single, well, I'm just going to kind of tune out to this because I'm not married, so this doesn't apply to me. Wrong. You desire to be married, I want you to be able to have some stuff that you can pack away going, I want to do this thing right when God brings the opportunity. Second is if you're married today, this is going to be hopefully some helpful help because you're married and you want to do this better. If you are divorced and thinking, gosh, I really don't want to make some of the same mistakes I made first time, I want to make this one last forever. Agreed? All right, the next one is this. Marriage is a mirror of God's relationship with his people. I love this. As a young man marries a young woman, so will your builder marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so you, your God will rejoice over you. God loves his people. He loves his church, and he wants a good marriage together. He wants good relationship, good family. Let's look at the next one. It's intended for companionship and procreation. Come on. Wow. We can say that in church. Sex is a good thing. God created it for us to enjoy. And it's most enjoyable in the context of marriage, right? Okay. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the air and over every living creature that moves along the ground. 
So basically he said, Adam and Eve, you have everything you could ever desire in the Garden of Eden. I'm going to be with you. Actually, says God walked in the cool of the day with Adam. He was with Adam. He saw that Adam needed someone helpful, helpful help. So he created Eve, and now they had everything they could ever wish for. And they were naked the whole time. And there was no shame. It was in its purest form. Just don't go over there and eat from that tree. Then you shall surely die. Don't disobey me. And God wasn't saying that to trick them or trap them. He was just saying, I want you to have a choice. If there's no choice, we can't choose God. So God wanted us to follow from the heart. And marriage intended for companionship is something we really want it to come from the heart. Amen? All right, the last one is this. Marriage, and this is where I want to go today. Marriage is missional. Your marriage should be missional, on mission. That's what we're about here at MVCC, real love on mission. I want you to catch a vision today that your marriage, your family, your single life in preparation for marriage, and even if someday, you know, that's just not in the cards, it's not the way God designed maybe your life to be single, it's okay. You can be totally fulfilled through relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't have to have a marriage to be completely fulfilled. I'm convinced of that. Now, I want to introduce you to some people in the Bible that have really good marriages. Even though they were a little dysfunctional, like Adam and Eve, they had, that's the first dysfunctional family, right? Their kids did not handle situations well. There was Noah and his wife, Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebecca, and of course, Jacob and Rachel. Just some good uh, Old Testament examples of marriage. One woman, one man, the way God designed it to be. And of course, in the New Testament, we see a wonderful, wonderful marriage of Joseph and Mary. And there's two people in the Bible that they're mentioned eight times in the New Testament that they really kind of go undercover. We don't hear much about them, but I want to introduce them to you. They made an incredible impact because of their marriage, and they were completely sold out for Jesus Christ. Together, they made an impact. Together. Together. Something happened to them while they were in Rome. Emperor Claudius, as they married together, um, this one, the husband went to find a wife, and he found her in Rome. And unfortunately, as they married together, and they knew Jesus Christ as their Savior, Emperor Claudius had expelled all the Jewish people out of that area. Now, here's what I want to key in on just really quick, is I just prepped this by, they were so missionally minded that they trusted God. They didn't fight the government. They didn't say, we want our rights. You will not do this to us. They trusted God in the middle of the situation in their marriage that really wasn't fun, but they trusted God at every moment, at every pass. They could have allowed themselves to be offended. They could have allowed themselves to be bitter and angry and unforgiving of what the government was doing. But they chose to take a humble posture. So they go to a city called Corinth. And they meet this guy named Paul. Paul had just met Jesus on the road to Damascus. He was actually on his way to destroy the church. He was on his way to destroy Christians, to literally put Christians in prison, to do everything he possibly could under the orders of the great Caesar to do away with all Christianity. But Paul met Jesus, and he had a Holy Spirit-filled impact moment where he was completely transformed. Man, I tell you, when I get to heaven and I get a chance to meet the Apostle Paul, like we all will, I want to sit down with him and say, man, tell me, what was it like from the life that you lived until Jesus came into your life and he totally transformed your life? I want to hear the whole story. We got to all of eternity. Tell me, Paul, what was it like? Man, I was redeemed. I was transformed. 
I was changed. And then he called me. He called me to serve him. I was completely sold out for Jesus. There was nothing that was going to hold me back. You got the picture? We have a husband and wife who are totally sold out for Jesus. Now we got the Apostle Paul. We're moving into Acts chapter 18. I just want to introduce you to these folks named Aquila and Priscilla. Paul was in trouble because he had no place to go. He was blind for three days when he met Jesus because Jesus wanted him to focus on, Paul, I don't want you to see the world. I want you to be able to see me and focus on my voice. And so Aquila and Priscilla said, hey, Paul, come stay at our house. Catch this. He stayed in their home for 18 months. Wouldn't that have been, that would be like, you know, Billy Graham's day when he was there. That'd be like having Billy Graham in your house for a year. Wouldn't that be awesome? 18 months, the great apostle Paul. I don't think they realized that the apostle Paul was going to write two-thirds of the New Testament. There was just an incredible buildup. And for 18 months, they got to hang out with Paul. And I believe some of their Christianity was rubbing off on the apostle Paul. They made an impact on Paul, who at the time, we don't really have any record that he had a wife when he was following Christ. But some commentators believe he was married and had a family. So Paul leaves uh, Corinth and goes now to Ephesus. Stay with me in this. Ephesus was a little city, but it was so primed and ready for the gospel of Jesus Christ because there were Greek people living there. And so they had all these gods and all these different beliefs and all these idols. And so Paul goes in, uh, uh, sends someone in name Epaphras, and, and there's a great revival that happens in Ephesus. Ephesus was a place where the Holy Spirit caught Stay with me in this. Caught fire for the whole city. The whole city was captivated by Jesus Christ because of one individual named Paul. And I believe Aquila and Priscilla made such an impact on Paul, he was more effective for what God called him to do. We might not have the book of Ephesians if it wasn't for Aquila and Priscilla. Let me just read a couple of verses to you out of Acts 18, 24 to 26. I just want to show you the impact and how missional Aquila and Priscilla were for Jesus Christ. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He was a God-fearing man. He knew the Bible in its day. We didn't, they didn't have the Bible like we have it, but they knew that he knew some of the scriptures. And so he had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor. I just want you to catch a vision for this guy, Apollos. He had probably passion, he had directive, and he had fervency for God. He had a sense of urgency, and he was preaching to the people. And taught about Jesus, watch this, accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. Because they didn't have the Bible in that day like we have it, they had bits and pieces of what they heard and what were passed on from the different uh, scrolls that were passed to the different churches. And he began to speak in the synagogue where the Jewish people were. Now watch. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. They were, their marriage, their relationship was built on the rock. It was built on Jesus Christ. And anything that they could do to help advance the mission that's what they were in for. It says later that they literally laid hands on this guy, Apollos, and he began to preach and much more effective because the Holy Spirit was imparted to this guy and God was using him in such a powerful way. The power of the Holy Spirit can fall on anyone. 
who's the greatest candidate for God to fall on on a marriage or even a single life or divorce situation, whatever. It's the most needy person. It's the person who needs God the most. The person who's the most humble. The person who falls their knees quickly and says, God, I can't do this. Uh, a, a couple of months ago, we had one of, our, um, one of our folks came up, kind of an impromptu Holy Spirit moment, and I'll never forget what he said. It was a 45-second testimony. He tapped me on the shoulder. Do you remember some of you were here? And my first reaction was he, and when he asked me, can I speak, I said, no. This is Sunday morning. I have a message to do. And the Holy Spirit says, no, you let him speak. And I'll never forget what he said. He says, I'm trying to do this thing, marriage, and I'm trying to do my family right, and I'm trying to be a good dad, and I just, I just don't measure up in, in something of those words. That is the most primed candidate person is the one who says, I need you, Jesus, more than anything else. And that's why I think Aquila and Priscilla were so effective. Now, if you are missional, if you decide today, my family... My marriage, my uh, single life, my one parent existence with my kids and trying to do life. If you decide today I'm going to be missional for God, I know you got lots of bills. I know the inflation is going crazy. Interest rates are rising. Can't even go to the Ralph's grocery store without $8 for eggs. What the heck is going on? I know it's difficult out there. I know that there's unmet expectations sometimes in marriage. I know that sometimes there's hurts and there's offenses and we got family issues. You do not marry just the person. You marry the whole family, right? And so we got family issues, all these things that are swirling. You have to have a mission statement. You have to. So here's what my wife and I did. When we lived in Hawaii, before we even had children, we decided we were going to have a Myola family mission statement. It sounds kind of corny, but it's not. It helps us to get on the same page together. And our mission statement was very simple. The Myola family exists to glorify God and to advance the gospel, the good news. That's why we exist. when, When my kids were little, my boys were little, and we drive up the driveway and we do some family things together, and they get out of the car. If they see me kicking the door shut and say, you kids get in the house. What's the matter with you? I'm going to, in the name of Jesus. Oh, that's not a good witness for my, my, my neighbors. But if we are Christ-like, intentionally trying to be Christ-like with one another, and when we're not, when we're willing to admit mistakes and willing to admit, I'm not measuring up, I appreciate your patience Will you forgive me? That's what people want to see. And so we tried to build our families. We're not perfect. Pastors' kids can go off the rails. I worried about my kids growing up in the church because Jesus is just around them all the time and Christian people in church and Wednesday night and youth group and Bible study and dad's preparing messages and all these things. I was worried that it was so commonplace that they wouldn't have their own passion, their own faith for Jesus. I have to trust God. You, moms and dads, single parent, you have to trust that God, these are God's kids. God has given you them on loan, and you are to guide them and teach them in the ways of God. But the most important thing is your marriage must be solid, and you must know why you exist and where you're going. I can't emphasize that enough. You have to have a mission statement for your life and for your marriage. Interesting that In Romans chapter 16, verse 3, Paul wrote these words many, many years later. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? 
It's the same word that Paul used in Greek when he wrote Philippians 2.6, when he talked about, and he humbled himself, even to death, death on a cross. Humility. Humility is the key. Problem, sometimes in my own marriage, I've been married for 36 years, and I give 97% credit to my wife. I get 3%. I honestly mean that. She gets the award. She gets the trophy. For living with me and being a pastor, she gets, that's, it's, it's her. So thankful for her, who she is. But I will tell you, in marriage sometimes, when sometimes we get out of alignment, and sometimes we do with the Lord and the things of God, we just get into the world, and sometimes we get into ourselves, and I'm trying to get my wife to fulfill something that I need in my heart, and she's trying to get me to fulfill something in her life, when she gets out of alignment, which is only about 2% of the time, I'm 98% of the time out of alignment. It can't happen because there's no way that one person can fulfill all your needs. We're sinners. We're broken. We're broken people. It can't happen. And what the problem is, I think when we get married, we think, oh, this person's just going to fulfill every part of my life. It's like two ticks and no dog. You're not going to get anything. You're not going to get anything. There's nothing there. That's why we have to connect with our creator first. When I get the vertical correct, when I get connected to God, then the horizontal relationships, they make a whole lot more sense. I was reading a book years ago. My wife and I read a book called Sacred Marriage. If you're looking for a good marriage book, it's so good, by Gary Thomas. And here's what he said. What if God did not only make design marriage to make us happy? Watch this. Isn't this good? But holy. We want marriage to be happy all the time on the mountaintop. We're just Disneyland all the time. We're on the ski on the mountaintop. Going to, life's supposed to be wonderful and great and happy and It's not that way, is it? After five minutes of getting back from the honeymoon, it's not that way. What he's saying is this. If while I'm spending all this energy to try and be happy, God is trying to make me holy. Because I want you to be Jesus to this woman that I gave you. I want you to be like my son. I want you to be willing to die to yourself, Mike. It's not about you, dude. It's not about all your selfish living, what you want. It's about her desires, her dreams, her hopes. And the more that you lift her up and encourage her and cause her to want to be a woman of God by the way that you treat her, I will bless your life with the most incredible Proverbs 31 woman. I think in marriage what we do is we're trying to get the other person to do what we want them to do. And my wife and I have a thing we used a long time ago. We still use it to this day. Is do your own verse. Because when I start expecting her to do what I want her to do, my eyes are now fixed on her and what she's doing and what she's not doing. This is just commonplace. Maybe this is too real. Maybe you came to church today. I want to go to a different church where they don't talk about where there's struggles and problems and The pastors don't have a perfect marriage, right, Pastor Scott? Well, Pastor Scott's pretty close. Now, here's the key. What I want to talk about in the last few minutes here is missional marriage. Your marriage on mission. Your single life on mission. Your divorce in your past still can be on mission because I'm going to do it right this time. I really want to listen to what God is saying. Have you noticed that we live in a perpetual motion age of offense? Everybody's offended by everything. I saw on the news over last week, I was having lunch, I just glanced at the news, and they said there was a question, this, is honking your horn considered free speech? 
Are you kidding me? What in the world has happened? This woke generation that just everybody's offended. Everybody's afraid of offending everybody. What happened to the fact that we could just agree to disagree? Truth is truth, dude. And if you don't believe in the truth, that's okay. I still love you. But now it's like we can't even have relationships with people because this person believes, well, gay marriage is okay. And this person believes that one wife and one man. And all of a sudden, relationships are torn out. Whatever happened to that man, I don't agree, but I still love you. Can we still be friends? My wife and I have some gay friends and lesbian friends way back from when we worked at the movie theater together when I met her. And we still are friends with those folks. We uh, interact with them. They know what we believe. They know our convictions. But we still love them in Jesus' name. It's okay. So I think what happens is we bring this stuff into marriage. We bring this woke stuff into marriage. We bring this perpetual age of offense and we get offended. And once we start getting offended, little offenses, we can have a big problem if we don't know how to deal with them. That's what I want to talk about here is when we get offended, it disrupts the mission. Because we allow the offense to take root. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5. Verse 21 to 24, uh, 27. You have heard it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, raka. Raka sounds like a cuss word. It just, I don't know. Raka actually means like airhead. It means empty-headed, okay? You get the idea. Is answerable to the court, and anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and therefore remember your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters. Here it is. Settle matters quickly. With your adversary who is taking you to court, do it while you are still together on the way. Or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, Jesus says, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. What he's talking about here, I believe, is that if we do not handle offenses, and we've all been offended, right? We've all had an offense. We've all felt offended or heard something or somebody hurt us. Interesting, the person who's closest to us can often hurt us and offend us the most. So what do we do in marriage, in preparation for marriage, or maybe want to get try it a second time? How, how can we do this right? I remember, literally, I think we were back six weeks from our marriage uh, honeymoon. We went to Big Bear and then we went to Disneyland for our wedding, our uh, wedding, honey, our honeymoon. And when we got back, um, I had filled all my drawers with my favorite t-shirts. And I had lots of t-shirts because I played tennis all the time. So I had saved all my t-shirts. Some of them had holes in them. Some of them had stains on them. them, And she starts taking the t-shirts. I said, dude, what are you doing taking my t-shirts out of my drawer? She says, well, we can't have this blue star t-shirt. It's just, it's old and holy. I said, that's my favorite t-shirt. It's the most comfortable. I was offended because it wasn't about the t-shirts. It was about my dream to play professional tennis. And I saved all those things. You can hurt the one that's closest to you because we love them so much. Now, the reality is some of us come into a place like this and we have to 
put on the smile face and everything's fine, everything's wonderful. We may have come in from an argument into the parking lot or last night had a rager and all of a sudden we come in and everything's fine and everything's wonderful. And we can stand and we can sing, Lord, I love you, but you don't love my husband. Inside we can be saying that. <laughs> what Jesus is saying, it's the heart. If, if I hold on to offenses, it stops the mission. It hinders the mission. So um, there's two things that the enemy wants to do. Well, three things in the Bible. Steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy your marriage. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy your family life. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy this church. And so he has two modes of operation. One is confusion. If the enemy can stir up confusion, and then the second is division. Division. If he can separate us, he will have a stronghold. So um, do I have any folks here who have been married five years or less? Just recently got married? Oh, cool. There's a few. And Danny and Hallie, I know that they're going to be here this morning because I asked them to be here. They just got married. So they're going to help me. You guys, come on up. You guys are going to help me preach this sermon today. Now, don't they look nice? I love it. Come on over here, guys. Come on over here. Because I want... Visuals are powerful for me. I'm a visual person. And so... The, right here. It's okay. They're not going to bite. I do this every week. I'm still alive. Okay? Now, look. Here's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants this, doesn't he? How, how long have you guys been married? I'll put me on the spot here. Four months? <laughs> <laughs> I love Danny. I love it. Dan. Dan the man. Right? So you've been married for four months, and everything's cool. It's happy. It's fun. Everything's great. Just wait. No, I wanted to say that, but it, it, it does get better. If you have a mission, if you have a mission. Okay, so this is what the enemy wants. You got the visual, but here's what God wants. Here's what God wants. Right here, just like that, right? So how do we make sure that we're not divided, but we're unified? Even though we may have moments of feeling offended, or hurt feelings, or we get in arguments, because we all do, how do we stay here? And how do, when we start moving like this, how can we get back? You guys are doing so good. How can we get back to right here? That's the question, right? Are you with me? We've, we all get offended. So I just, want you to, I just want you to know, Danny, please listen to me, dude. There's going to be some days that you're going to wake up, and she's not going to be like everything that you imagined, okay? And the same way, Danny's not going to be this Prince Charming that you would imagine he would be. Because the reality is, remember, we're broken. Just like Adam and Eve, Noah and his wife, we're all broken a little bit. I, I, I was over at the UPS store dropping something off to mail. Right over here, you know, in La Paz, the UPS store. And I pulled in real quick, left my car running because I just wanted to get in there, mail the box, and get out. So I, was, uh, I had to get back to the office quick. So I got back in my car, and I was pulling out. And there was a woman who literally, she was like 20 feet behind me, wanting to get in. And then there was another guy that pulled out and I am completely boxed in. And she is honking her horn. She's honking her horn at me. I, 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 I was starting to be frustrated because she wouldn't move. And I threw up my hands like, I'm embarrassed to tell you, but I threw up my hands like this. I'm sure she saw through the windows in my truck. Like, what are you doing? I can't get out. You got to let me out. I wanted to get out of the truck, but I didn't get out of the truck because... I had MVCC sticker on the back of my truck, so that stopped me. But this went on for about 28 seconds. This is a long, that's a long time. 
And I don't know what was going through her mind. I wanted to go out and say, Raka, but I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I bring that up because you guys are going to offend one another. It's just part of marriage. So Jesus made some... Again, I'm visual, so this, we're just going to have some, some visual, some fun this morning. You're, you're still with me, right? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, take the plank out of your own eye, right? <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to be bam, bam, right? Now, I, I saw this uh, at Elevation Church. This so impacted a visual for me that I, I wanted to share it with you. So I didn't make this up. I'm just stealing this. But um, it was just such a powerful visual, so, um, Hallie, could you just stand right here? And then, Danny, could you stand on the other side of the planter really quick? Th- this is what's going to happen. Let's just, I don't know their, per- no, you stand up here with her. <laughs> so, I don't know, I'm just going to make things up because I don't know their situations. None of this was planned, by the way. I just said, hey, can you guys help me with the message? By the way, these folks serve in our um, student ministries on Wednesdays and Sundays. They're just sold out for Jesus. And thank you guys so much for doing this. Let's just paint a scenario for a second. Um, in, in Hallie's family, I'm just, again, I'm going to just assume here. In Hallie's family, when there was a birthday in the family, it was a big deal. So in the morning, when Hallie woke up, um, her family had chocolate chip pancakes in the morning. And then they had a gift for her to open. And then at lunchtime, um, they met her at her lunch area at her workplace, and they had another gift. And then when she came home, they went out to dinner, and then that birthday cake, and then she got, she got three gifts. So birthday's like a huge deal in her family. But for Danny, let's say in his family, he was just born. So there wasn't like a huge thing as much as Hallie's family. Are you with me? Unmet expectations, right? So Danny, on the morning of Hallie's birthday, he says, um, oh, happy birthday, sweetie, and just gives her a kiss and goes on to work because he's late. And she's thinking... Where's the chocolate chip? Where's the chocolate chip pancakes? Now I'm offended. And one offense, and if we're not dealing with it biblically, we'll just stay there, right? I'm not saying you guys do this. I'm just saying that this, something like this may happen, right? And what happens is, it's the little, it's the little things, aren't they? It's not, we don't wake up and go, well, well, we might be in divorce court in 10 years. Nobody says that. No, nobody, nobody thinks that we're going to go to an attorney think, talking about how we're going to divide everything up. Nobody, nobody thinks that. But it just happens. The question is, how does it happen? You, this is just my, my humble opinion on how, I don't mean to be ADD, I just need to get my props. So, See, you know where I'm going with this, right? It's all these offenses. So Danny is at Thanksgiving meal. You can hold that just like that. Perfect, yeah. Danny's at Thanksgiving with Hallie, and um, the whole family's there. And Hallie helped make some of the meal for Thanksgiving, and she worked really hard. She was up till 3 in the morning at Mom's house, and the whole day, again, I don't know this. I'm just making this up. And so Danny's, oh, my gosh, these mashed potatoes. Nobody makes mashed potatoes like you to my mother-in-law, right, you're saying, and Hallie's going, what about my mashed potatoes? So without even knowing, she can be offended. And I'm not saying you're the one that always gets offended, because I'm going to get to him in a second. But do you see what happens if she's holding on? 
She's holding on to the offense. And all of a sudden, it's not so much about the mashed potatoes. It's about, I thought he loved me. You ready for yours? Okay. Um, so in our house, um, <laughs> I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but I brought a, a picture of it here. Um, sometimes I'll come home from the office. <laughs> By the way, that's Amazon. <laughs> Some of you guys are going, oh, yeah. I know. Oh, my gosh. So here's the deal. I come home, and my first reaction, when I come home, I want Holy Spirit-filled house. I want peace. I, this is a place I need solace. I need rest. I want the certain way I want to come up because our lives are stressful, right, Scott? Right, Brian? Our lives are stressful, right, Pastor Becky? We just, we're just, we love you, but sometimes you bring us stress. So we come home and we want peace. And this is what I come home to. My first reaction is, I work so hard. I'm going to have to go to Domino's Pizza and deliver pizzas at night to pay for all this. And when I walk in, I said, Laura, and I didn't ask for permission to say this, so after service, she's going to nail me. But (laughs) Laura, what are you doing? She goes, I got all these things on sale, right? But I'm going to have to work 80 more hours a week at Domino's Pizza or see Little Caesar's Pizza. I'm going to have the, the visor and the, the, the cape and the whole thing on. I'm going to have to sell pizzas now because of this. And all of a sudden, right, Danny's like, man, I work so hard. And you're just buying all these things. What the heck? Now I'm going to have to get two jobs and three jobs. What happens if we have kids someday and all this? Why don't you put the other offense in? Because you're offended now, right? <laughs> yeah. And so what happens is... Offense after offense after offense, all of a sudden, you see what happens? Now I've built a fence. Oh, let's bring out more. Sorry, Vito. All the cords back here are... Pastor Scott, we need to make sure those cords are nice and neat. I don't like those all messed up like that. <laughs> Do you hear that? Well, I was at church the other day, and someone took my Krispy Kreme donut. <laughs> and then to make matters worse, we've been working so hard. For youth ministry, we serve these kids and love these kids, and not one kid says thank you. And then what happens is Danny and Hallie go home, and she's kind of upset by that. No, no, not her, but Danny, 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 Danny's upset by that. And now there's an argument that breaks out. Are are you you with me in this? One old country preacher said, before marriage, opposites attract, and then after marriage, opposites attack. And it's... There's some truth to that, isn't there? Right? Oh, how about this one? My wife has admitted to me she is a terrible driver. When she's, before we got married, she said, basically, um, I want to date you, but I'm a terrible driver. She got in three accidents. She had three parked cars. She was bending down to grab a cup on the other side, on the passenger side. She hit three cars, literally. This, this is before like, we got married and the anointing of God wasn't on her, but it was still a bad scene. <laughs> when we lived in Rancho Cucamonga, 
I, I, it was early in the morning, and I had my car parked in the driveway. I had this really cool forerunner, and I heard the, 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 drive, uh, the, garage, what, the garage door go up, and all of a sudden I heard the smash. She backed into my truck. She hit my truck in the driveway. There wasn't even an entity. So what happens is, that never happens to you guys. Who, dri- who drives? She drives most of the time. You drive? Really? She's oh. a great driver. She, she's what? She's a great driver. <laughs> wow. But let's say there's some other scenario. We'll just say for the sake of argument. Because it really bothers me that I get nervous when she drives. And then, by the way, what's your guy's favorite restaurant? What, what's her favorite restaurant? I don't think I know what my favorite <laughs> <laughs> What is it? Luna Grill. Oh, Luna Grill. That's good. So, Hallie, come over here. You stand right here. And Hallie, because of, again, this doesn't, like, this isn't planned. Stand back over here, bro. I know you want to look at her, but just hold on. <laughs> This doesn't happen overnight. Because I know this. I've been married for a long time. And I'm glad I'm still married. Only because of Jesus. But if we're not careful, Hallie, in years, might... Dan? Where's the love? How come we don't go to Luna? We haven't been to Luna Girl in three years. I'll take out the trash again. I always do it. No problem. I got it. No, I don't need any help. I got it. How come I'm always having to get up with the kid? I know you have to work. Do you see where this goes? And the resentments build up. And then we have a bigger problem. Not only are we not happy, but we're not holier. And the mission is compromised. I wish there was a way... To solve this. Do you know? Yeah. There's one person on this earth that could have been offended. Right? But Jesus took our offenses. Right? Isn't this great? He did it. He did it. Think about this. God wants your, life, your marriage, your single life, wherever you might be in this season of life, he wants it to be missional. He wants the mission. He wants your life to reflect his. He wants your marriage to reflect the good news. It's not just about the vacation home and all the stuff and all the glitzy stuff and all the cars and money in the bank. That, that's okay to have that stuff, but that's not going to make us happy. That's not going to make us holy. What's going to make me holier, what's going to make Lord holier is when I get offended and I choose to not build a fence But the question is, how do I do that? Because I still have a problem with building fences, right? So, Hallie, you ready? Oh, I want you to take this one here. And come over here. And you're just going to drop it. Just drop it. Just let it fall. It's okay. It won't hurt anything. That's the key. 
some things. I'm not talking about suppressing it. I'm talking about stuffing it. I'm talking about things that are little. Because really, we're talking, we don't have time to get into the whole thing, all big things. I know that there's sometimes trauma and there's big things that happen, adultery and, 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 and addictions and stuff. We're not talking about that this morning. We're talking about little offenses that can all of a sudden build up, 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 and we lose our focus. So, Danny, why don't you take one of yours and do the very same thing. Danny has to learn to drop, drop it, right? Let's, let's take the rest of yours, yeah. So every time, just for emphasis, every time they drop it, we're going to say together, drop it, drop it. One more time, come on, go, go. Drop it, good. Hallie, come on, keep going. Drop it, keep going, good. Good, good, drop it. Drop it. Drop it. Drop it. Pastor Mike, drop it. Thank you guys so much. Give them a hand. Didn't they do such a good... Thank you guys. I'm going to finish with this really quick. The Bible gives us a clear pathway on how to deal when we get offended. And we all do. It's okay. It's part of being human. But here's what Jesus, I believe, asks us to do. Get on our knees together... This, sounds, this may sound weird. I, I want you to do this with your husband and wife. If you're single, do this preparation. That someday, God, you're going to give me this incredible husband, incredible wife, and we're going to love Jesus together. This is what I want us to do. Get on our knees together before the Lord and humble ourselves. Knee to knee, eye to eye, toe to toe with your spouse, holding hands. There's nothing wrong with saying, God, help me to do this better. Forgive me, God. That I have not honored her. I have not honored him the way you've called me to do that. I've allowed myself to get offended. What's number two? Address issues with I statements. So I'm not saying just drop all the stuff even if you're getting offended. But when it's time to bring something up with your spouse, I've found, because I've made many mistakes in this, you statements get me in trouble. You never do this. You do this. Why do you do that? You shouldn't have done this. How come you? Instead, Honey, is there anything I've done to cause some of this problem that brings all the defense mechanisms down, doesn't it? I statements. What can I do to make this right? You with me? If possible, let it go. Let it go and forgive. Well, you say, I can't just forgive because if Jesus forgave me of everything, how in the world could I ever hold anything back from anyone else? I must forgive. Jesus made it really clear. Unless I forgive, I will not be forgiven. Be willing to receive correction. Oh, this is a tough one. When your wife comes to you and says, I need you to do this, say, you know what? You're exactly right. Well, I did that before. How come you don't like it that way? This is the way we always do it. I should have done this. I did this. this. I... All of a sudden, the deflector shield goes up when I start getting defensive. And I'll be the first one to say, I am the king of getting defensive. I'm trying to get better at this. But I'm, you know what? God did give my wife the Holy Spirit in such a powerful way. I don't call it women's intuition. I call it women's power, uh, uh, Holy Spirit-powered life. They sometimes, boy, no women amens on this one. (laughs) Women see things. Women feel things. They can hear from God much more differently than we do, guys. Uh Uh-oh, what happened? Oh, this went out. Okay. Number five is this. Be a peacemaker. Be a peacemaker. I know this is a lot, but if you pick one or two of these and say, we're going to do this on the back of your card, you can just take it right in the seat back in front of you when you leave today. Don't be tired of doing good. Just keep doing good. Examine yourself, 
right? That's that need and thing. When we examine ourselves, God can break through. There's just, um, oh, good, we're back on. A few more here. Settle, didn't it say in Matthew 5, settle, settle matters quickly. Quickly. Guys, listen. Amen. Two of these, right? Pastor Mike, I told you before, you're probably tired of it when I'm not listening to my wife because I'm not by nature a good listener. She'll sometimes grab my face and say, you're not listening to me. I know, I'm trying to get better at it. Instead, I used to say, no, I'm not, I'm listening. Oh, that works really well. <laughs> Number 10 is commit your mission statement. Come on, I want everybody to, to go home today, take some alone time, go out to dinner, go to Luna Taco, whatever they said it was, go to wherever you want to go, Chick-fil-A, and, and, and commit to your, what would be our mission statement? Let's come up with this together. And I believe good marriages lead then to good parenting. Kids feel secure when mom and dad are secure. God, we love you today, and we just thank you for teaching us. Thank you, God, for just the reminders. Most of the stuff, we know this, God, but sometimes we just, we need to have an emphasis once again on it, God, from you. And just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are involved in everything here that we're trying to do at MVCC. Thank you, God. Well, my prayer, God, as we just step into uh, worship and concluding here in the service, God, that the cross, your cross, God, we thank you. And we acknowledge once again, Lord, your love, your patience, your kindness, your grace, all of it for us. And God, we simply want to return the favor by doing families and marriage as well. We love you, God. In Jesus' name. So for the last minute or two here, I just want to invite you, and we're just, Vito, could we have just, you know, one, maybe just we'll close out on one song here. Um, just want to give you some time um, to really take the communion. The juice and the bread represents the body of Jesus and the blood that was shed. Because without his blood and without his body and what he gave up, we wouldn't have the opportunity to drop the offenses, right? So I just, God, how have I offended you, Lord? How have I offended you? Please forgive me, God. Just take a moment, and then we'll have a, a final closing this morning. Thank you so much for joining us at Mission Vale Christian Church. Just know that we always have live services here every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. We'd love to have you here, and we'll see you next time.